Mike, they did it. The the WWE and AEW did it. They fucking broke me. From WrestleMania and Raw and Dynamite. I don't think I like professional wrestling anymore. I will attempt to console Kevin coming up on the Miss Spots podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the period event. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Kevin, I I am not a licensed medical professional who has no business trying to dig to the core of any person's deep emotional, mental issues, but having watched professional wrestling for over 20 years of my life, this is one thing I feel like I can attempt to help with. You know, I I visited my father in Detroit about a month ago now, and he we we went up in the attic and we found a bunch of just old stuff, uh, comic books and all kinds of things, including a bunch of old professional wrestling paraphernalia, and I I just opened the box today, and I've got autographs that I remember getting, and going to see Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Ricky J- the Dragon Steamboat, Hogan, Savage, and Elizabeth. I stood in line when I was six years old, and I thought when I was looking through these things up in Michigan that these were just those cookie cutter things that you send away for in the mail. But no, the one from Steamboat says to Kevin, <laughs> uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and 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 I now I remember because I was six years old. It's a long time ago that I got all this old pro wrestling stuff this has been a a love of mine for a long time and i was a lapsed fan for a while but i think the saddest thing that i took out of wrestlemania which to me was one of the biggest waste of time in my life for what i saw because i couldn't stomach watching the second day i i saw it on saturday and said there's there's nothing here for me is uh, the praise that I am seeing from the pro wrestling community. It's one thing when you and I look at a a program and go, yeah, this sucks. And most people think it sucks. So many people thought this was so good. And I'm left now just going, oh, this just isn't for me anymore. And I think I've said that before. I think I've done this with people like Enzo Amore and now with the Street Profits who are unwatchable that this just isn't for me. And if this is what professional wrestling is going to become, or maybe it it became 10 years ago, I don't know. It's just not for me. I got, there's no zero joy in anything I watched during WrestleMania. There was zero joy. Well, that's not true. With AEW, there was a couple bright spots in their show, but I, I don't want any of this. I want professional wrestling. And I didn't see any of that, for the most part, over the last seven days. 
Yeah, I I mean, I can feel your frustration. Um, uh, when we were watching Saturday, uh, on we were live streaming it uh, together on Skype, and we watched that Boneyard match, and we're like, ugh. And then I immediately went on Twitter and was scrolling through our feed and telling you, like, people loved this. People unequivocally loved this match. And then to see other wrestlers loved this match. Uh, People who... Uh, review wrestling and write about wrestling loved this match and I, I've been able to, to say without any hesitation when something is not for me and be able to go like alright f- cool fine I mean most of the, the Matt Hardy broken universe from TNA was not for me and a lot of people loved that and I was fine with that. But when this was just praised from every reach of the universe, not just the WWE universe, the literal universe that we we know as humans, I couldn't I couldn't understand. I felt so alone in the world. <laughs> Uh, well, you're right there with me. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why that was entertaining for people. I liked none of it. I hated the setup. I hated the C movie atmosphere. I hated the magic. I hated the druids. I hated the, I hated everything. I, I, I did not enjoy that on any level, and I want to see none of, no more of that. And my biggest fear is that with the groundswell of support for this kind of thing, that this is what pro wrestling is going to become for the WWE. And that was just one of my bones to pick with WrestleMania. I thought that even the matches that were contested in a professional wrestling ring between wrestlers who are wrestling— there was there was exactly what I thought it would be. There's no gravitas. There's no emotion with no crowd. The fact that they're trying to blow off some actual feuds and then the amount of non-feuds and just garbage matches thrown together, uh, there were, 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 there were supposed to be stakes, but there wasn't. There was nothing about this that I enjoyed. I thought that the the Goldberg and Braun Strowman if I wanted to see a a 50 year old man and a and a person they should have pulled the trigger on four years ago exchange finishing maneuvers for five minutes I I'm, I'm pretty sure they're they're doing that in the performance center like every day they're just doing that stuff it's like practice that was a non-entity nothing at all uh, the Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler match way underperformed and ended on a fluky, weird finish that would not have even worked in front of a crowd. Uh, a match I was hoping to see great things out of was Daniel Bryan and uh, Sami Zayn, and it was over quickly and didn't really resonate because they had to make sure they had time for Elias and Baron Corbin uh, in this mat in this situation. 
I, I just didn't get any of this. I didn't enjoy it. And uh, there was just nothing for there was nothing for me to see there. I, I did not watch the second night. I had no interest in it. After watching that first night, I said, oh, this is what this is going to be. And they basically just did the Raw championship match, the exact same thing. Nothing but finishers, nothing mm-hmm. but garbage, repetitive. I mean, how pathetic is that, that they basically took your two biggest championships and, and performed the exact same match two nights in a row? Yeah. And no one's calling them out for that? They replayed the entire match basically on Raw. It looked like a highlight package. It was the entire match. Yeah. And it's just... And, and you know just, what's worse? Is the match that happened after that, the impromptu match that we then saw on Raw, Drew McIntyre and Big Show, was longer than both of those championship matches combined yeah it's uh this was an this was an embarrassment to me we watched this you and i with our significant others and my brother and sister-in-law the six of us were on a skype call video chat watch all of us watching this and as we were watching this, I could not help but think, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed that I'm watching this because with you and I, we know professional wrestling. And yeah. our and your uh, your fiance and my wife will watch this for, with us from time to time. And I feel embarrassed for that. And my brother and sister-in-law, they watch every now and then. And I just kept thinking, this would be so much better if WrestleMania was not on and we were just talking. Yeah. You it know, was, we've... We've so bad. talked about this, uh, I know in, in private, I feel like it had to have come up a few times on the show, is that embarrassment of being a wrestling fan and that, that people are embarrassed sometimes to say that they're a wrestling fan because they're afraid of, of the reaction that a person might have because of that. Uh, by saying like, oh, you watch, you watch fake fighting, you watch a fake show, and blah 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 blah. It is it it isn't even like that now. It's just that this is nothing like what we what what drew us into professional wrestling, what kept us around in professional wrestling, and and made us fans. This was just something else to to a different extent. I, I I don't think that I'm as down on this as as you are. I think that there were some good things from both shows. Uh, the one that we watched in particular, even though it was it's a silly concept to have a tag team match or a tag team title match contested between single people from teams. I thought that that was a fun little match. I mean, it's it's a it's a ladder match, so it's a spot heavy match. It was competently put on for a ladder match, but it was a, it was a spot fest. Yeah. And it was just setting up the next spot. It was it the 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 shame of that is is that it was competent for a ladder match. Ladder matches really suck. There's no believability to a ladder match whatsoever. I cannot stand seeing a guy take 45 minutes to climb a ladder. <laughs> and you you brought that up very early in the match, too. Yeah. 
well, to uh, our friends. Yes, to to my sister-in-law. I'm like, wait, wait till you watch a guy not be able to climb a la- an athlete that looks like that guy take four minutes to climb a ladder. Wait till you watch that, and then you tell me how believable it is. Because it's nothing but spots. It do- It's not a wrestling match. It's just an excuse to jump off of shit. And yes, can it look brutal? And yes, the people in there are talented, but it's it's not fun to watch. It doesn't. It's not believable. None of this is believable to me anymore. But what about KO and Seth? I, I thought this. I, I had. I thought that was z- the best match of the. Of the I thought night. it. Was, I thought it was fine, but this is this was tainted by the fact that I think that the build sucked. I think that you had these guys fight in forty-seven tag matches over the past three weeks. Accurate three number. Weeks, three months. I'm sorry. Three months. This was a non-feud. I didn't want to see these guys get their hands on each other because they fight every five minutes on Raw. And, and we've had... I it, it felt like eight months ago when Samoa Joe was part of this feud. This was... It just... Seth Rollins has no heat. He doesn't matter. Kevin Owens does not matter. He is the luke lukewarmest baby face I've ever seen. So, yeah, were these are these guys talented wrestlers sure but if you've seen one Seth Rollins match at this point you've seen every Seth Rollins match and this fell victim to the exact same thing I don't care about him jumping off Kevin Owens jumping off and saying this is my Wrestlemania moment shut the fuck up about your goddamn Wrestlemania moment and beat a guy up yeah give me give me some escapism that this is not performance art for me at some point pretend that you're fighting each other and Last year at WrestleMania, I felt that way about Kofi Kingston. Last year at WrestleMania, I felt that way about Becky and Ronda and Charlotte. And this year, I felt none of that at WrestleMania whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And people are saying this was just such a great show. And I just don't get it. I do not get this at all. Uh, tell me about the second night because... When I read the rundown and I see the clips that I've seen, I think I would weep openly, particularly about the Bray Wyatt John Cena stuff, because that does not seem to be a wrestling match more than it was a series of vignettes and sketches that they co-produced. Ding, ding, ding. That uh, uh, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like, this was not a match. This was a segment. This was this was a, something that was not a match, um, and I think this would have been such a cool thing to take place over the course of a couple episodes of Raw or SmackDown, uh, whichever the fucking show it is. But to put this on advertised as a match on WrestleMania it, do, it doesn't feel right a match this was they not like, weren't they like working together like they weren't even antagonists in all of this were they i mean for the most part they were there was a couple points where like so so all right this is what i gather out of this is that bray is feeding off of John Cena's fears and his his things that he did <laughs> wrong throughout I, I'm I'm not kidding 
Like, <laughs> just, I, I know. Go, go ahead. No, I, I, I like, I like, I like the fact that you are trying to rationalize this. Thank you. Please I, go. And, and I, I wish that I didn't have to. Um, but I've said this before. I like thinking stuff. I like weird things. Like I love Twin Peaks. I loved Lost. I love uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere, currently on TV. But I don't watch wrestling to watch weird thinking, esoteric things. Like, you can get dark and mysterious in wrestling, but you don't have to get this deep. The thought that, uh, like, there was a part in it that was playing off of Cena never pulling the trigger on being a heel by him part being a part of the NWO. He was being Hogan in the NWO. And it was alluding to, I never turned heel. And this is what would have been like if I turned heel. Everything was revolving around low points in his career. But was it in his head? I don't know. I don't like. But that's the thing. Why are we doing that? Why would he have performed this? This is. He this came is... to the ring, by the way. This started what? by John Cena's music hitting in the performance center and him coming to the ring being introduced. And then it cut to black, and all of a sudden we are in the Firefly Funhouse. So he was teleported into the Firefly Funhouse by Bray Wyatt, uh, apparently drugged. At Here's what, he was drugged, he was kidnapped, and went through a long run of hallucinations. Uh, that the cameras were privy to. Yes. They were in his brain. Yes. This is, this is nonsense. Yeah. You, you know, one of the things that, that drives me crazy, in, and you are, you've always been an advocate of comedy and wrestling. Yes. And I think where we differ is that I think comedy belongs in things like the Fashion Files. It belongs in commentary. Chris Jericho's commentary in AEW, 90% of it was good this week. And making funny jokes, Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, Bobby Heenan, all doing funny commentary but the second you step into a ring i don't want to see any comedy unless the rock is dressing somebody down because he can do that and also that that person is less than him unless somebody is using comedy to put themselves over a jobber and there, there are ways to do it in the ring but they're very very limited right now on television the best series right now is probably Better Call Saul. In the last episode, uh, Bob, Odenkirk, alert. Bob Odenkirk, one of the funniest people in the world. You know, we're talking about Mr. Show. We're talking about a brilliant comedian. And the last episode, him and Mike are walking through the desert. If at any point they would have stopped and recreated a bit that him and David Cross did, that could have been funny. But they would not do that on a television show that's trying to keep continuity and actually get a message across. That is what I want for my professional wrestling show. I want you to tell me a story that is believable within the context of this 
show in this ring. And it seems that WWE has completely abandoned this. AEW, for an hour of their two-hour show, completely abandoned this. And I, I'm I'm left wondering where I can go to see professional wrestling that actually seems to care about professional wrestling. Because the Boneyard match didn't do that. And the Firefly Funhouse match didn't do that. And quite honestly, the two biggest championship matches in WWE for wrestling didn't do that. I don't want to see a bunch of guys exchanging finishers. I don't give a shit. That's not exciting and fun. It's stupid and repetitive. And it means nothing because we've seen it a hundred times. It's low-hanging fruit. It's it's the worst. I seven uh, seven claymore kicks and five f fives. How is that a wrestling match? Not even I, one headlock. <laughs> I I just the, once again it comes down to this. It's not for me, and I I am tempted to go. I'm tempted to say some of the things that I saw on Facebook and Twitter. Basically saying, this was the best WrestleMania. Tell me I'm wrong or you're an idiot. I'm tempted to go, well, you're a fucking moron if you're entertained by this. But that's not the truth. Because you're not a moron if you're entertained by this. But you are entertained by this. Good for you. I'm really happy for every single person that enjoyed this WrestleMania. Because you enjoyed something. (laughs) I shouldn't get upset by that. But I was not. This was an F. This was one of the biggest wastes of time of my life. I I watched Raw angrily from the very beginning. And while we've already stopped watching SmackDown because it's on Friday nights and I have a life, I, I don't want to watch Raw next week. I don't want to watch Raw ever again. I don't want to support this product. I don't enjoy it. It is not for me. And AEW is teetering at this point. So bef- before we move on to Raw, a couple quick things yeah. from night two. I really enjoyed the Charlotte and Rhea Ripley match. It I was very good things about it. Best match of, very good of, things about it. of the weekend. Um, yes, I heard. I, I did heard not good things. like. Yeah, I did not like the result. But now that we know why the result is, makes sense. Sure. Um. With Rhea's uh, visa Work issues visa or something like that, yeah. But I thought that she brought it for that match. Charlotte brought it. Um, excellent match. The Edge and Randy match, if it was ten to fifteen minutes shorter, would have been a really good match. Way too long, way too long of a match. The the shame of this is, and this is how disappointed I was with the first night. I really wanted to see Edge and Randy Orton. And when it it hit seven o'clock or six o'clock on Sunday, I was like, "Nope, not watching that." But I I, I wanted to see it, and then when I read the uh, the breakdown of it, it, it seemed that that was kind of universally it should have been ten minutes shorter. Yeah, absolutely, a, a lot of unnecessary stuff in that. After that, fuck if I know. Uh, I mean, it was it was. Raw um, or SmackDown, whichever show. But all right, let's let's F show to me too. Um, 
Let's well, talk I'm about glad that you, I'm I'm glad you feel this way, and it's just because we have a uh, listen. It, it's not surprising because we're friends and we watch wrestling together and have for a long time, been doing the show for a long time. So it's not surprising that you and I have a similar feeling about it. I thought you might have enjoyed this more than I have, and you I did you have but... tried to give me some some high points, and I and I appreciate you for it. But it is a little bit comforting that you were. At, at least close to as disappointed in this as I was. And, and look, I I know that their backs were up against the wall. They they were in a very unenviable situation with this, but they had plenty of options and plenty of time that they could have canceled this, postponed it, done it some other time, and done it right in front of a crowd. Do I hold some matches against them for not having a crowd? Yeah, I do. Should I? Yes, no, no I, yeah, you should. I, I should for, because they decided to put them on. And first and foremost, they didn't build fucking shit for matches for this card anyway. Most of these builds were terrible. It was they going to be a bad one show. One to two weeks. Yeah, it was, it was going... They pulled a title off of Shinsuke Nakamura for absolutely no reason and threw Daniel Bryan into an Intercontinental Championship feud out of nowhere. And that former champion was then thrust into the Universal Championship match one one night, technically, before. And and that's the thing. There are circumstances beyond their control that they could not work with, and I appreciate that. But the entire build to the IC title match, they that was before any of this kind of stuff yeah. happened. They dropped the ball on every level when it came to so much of this. By the way, Roman Reigns and Goldberg would not have been any better. No. When Before we knew that Roman was out of it, I had zero interest in this match because it's fucking Goldberg holding your goddamn title and it's 2020. Mm-hmm. If Goldberg was holding the the Universal Championship in in 1999, fine. This is 20 years later, 21, I believe, if you're counting. But I, it, it it was garbage from the get go. So much of this and Raw was just a regurgitation of that garbage. I I, I can. This show every, hurt me. Everything has to come down to this because I, when you are doing a podcast, it is really tempting to make sweeping statements. And I do them all the time. I, I, I talk about people that I cannot <laughs> stand and I don't want to watch, like the Street Profits. And, and you say these things like they are universal truths, understanding that it's just your opinion. This is always just my opinion, right? But the fact that they put the Street Profits, with Garza and that other guy on WrestleMania and then did it again on Raw. It's the match so pointless they did it twice. I don't think that rhymes. I don't understand. I don't understand why they would do that match. They they had 47 different options, I'm sure, of how to do an actual Raw tag title match at WrestleMania. They botched the whole thing. They did it again on Raw. Who cares? Uh, Raw has acquired Apollo Crews, a Hold guy on, who be- never... Before we get into that. Uh, go. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so I missed the first 
20 to 25 minutes of Raw. You, you missed nothing. Okay. I came, I started watching right during the entrances for the tag team title match. And my my opinion was immediate. Of course they're doing a WrestleMania rematch. And of course it is where a match where the champion successfully defended their titles cleanly against their opponents. The next 30 to 35 minutes, we had three matches and the same fucking people were on my television screen through all three of those matches. The only difference was Bianca Belair coming out during the second and the third ones. They, this booking on the fly bullshit would have made Teddy Long be like, all right, that's a bit too much to go from a tag match to a singles match to a six person intergender match. All in the matter of 30 minutes with the same people. And the same people who do not matter. Yeah. None of them matter. They're just interchangeable parts. No one cares about Bianca Belair. I like Bianca Belair. She's a yeah. very talented performer. She is. And she's got a great look and a swagger about her. And she can fucking wrestle. But Bianca Belair showing up on Raw like it's supposed to be a big deal. It's not a big deal. Where's the hype package? Where's the fact that we're going to build her up? We're going to show what she can do. Nope. She just shows up on Raw. Apollo Crews comes into Raw. He hasn't won a match in seven years. And he's a big signing. And he goes toe-to-toe with Aleister Black for seven commercial breaks. But he can't win a match do on you, SmackDown or Raw for the, forever. They then, got him? Because of uh, draft picks that were about to expire. What, what does that even mean? The fuck does that even mean? It means nothing. It means they can't even think of how to do this logically. There were there were three debuts or re-debuts on this. Bianca Belair, she's done. She has no future on the main roster because they have shown they don't care. Uh, Apollo Crews, well, they never had any plan for him whatsoever, so it doesn't matter. Nia Jax comes back. Nia can't cut a promo, and she can't wrestle. Those are two things that I think, at least one of which, would be helpful for a professional wrestler. She can do neither, has shown to never have done either. I think she's met, wrestled one decent match in her entire career. I think it was with Bailey and NXT. And it was choppy even at best. She is basically Tamina, but <laughs> she doesn't jump off the top rope. Yet. And and they put her like a, like this big thing that, you know, bringing Nia Jax back. There are so many women, including Bianca Belair. I'd put Dana Brooke ahead of Nia Jax. I'd put tons of women on NXT ahead of Nia Jax that they have at their disposal, that they have done nothing with for years. And they're going to make a big deal out of Nia Jax. This, this episode was painful. 
for the reasons that you just mentioned, for the reasons that I just mentioned, because Cedric Alexander and Ricochet are now a permanent tag team that won't matter at all. Yeah. Because of course they won't matter because they're just guys that flip around and do stuff. Once things are back to normal, the Vikings will be squashing them. Or the Good Brothers will be. and, And this is not to insult the talent of most of the people. Nia Jax is basically useless. <laughs> Except but, for Nia Jax. But Bianca Belair is extremely talented and could be a world champion. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander are amazing in the ring. Talented. They have physical charisma. They can actually, they're actually professional wrestlers. And Apollo Crews has been money from, from day one. That guy has mid-card title. I'm not necessarily think that he's a world championship contender, but he has mid-card title written all over him. All of those people have talent and ability, but they're on a stacked roster where they can't even get Kevin Owens over. They can't even get Seth Rollins over anymore. So none of these people are really going to matter. Uh, and it all comes down to shit rolling downhill to the big show. Turning heel for the 572nd time. Because he has a show on Netflix. <laughs> the levels of nonsense in this with, first of all, Byron Saxton. No, we've never seen this before. Well, Yokozuna says hi. Yeah. Because he, he, like, less than 20 minutes later. So Drew McIntyre wins the match, then 20 minutes later comes out for a promo, and the Big Show interrupts, and we have a match. The Big Show is a joke who hasn't, who doesn't win matches, who hasn't won matches, who hasn't even been on the show for forever. He is a giant. Did you see Drew's reaction? His facial reaction? No, I didn't. Uh, I will find the gif uh, of it and send it to you. That make that's the only good thing that came out of it is him just being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, like almost as if this was a rib against him. Like he and he truly didn't know this was happening. Like he was perplexed by it. So let me just backtrack it a little bit here. The Big Show. At one point, he's been a professional wrestler for a long time. He's paid his dues in the industry. He's done everything the WWE ever asked of him. He's been uh, charismatic in the ring. He's actually had good matches. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. He has not been a uh, credible professional wrestler for six years conservatively if you want to put him in a title match and have him call out drew mcintyre you've got to do some rehab you've got to put him on tv for week after week tout the weight loss tout the training tout the fact that he's in the best shape of his life and have him squash people week after week after week you don't just throw him in with drew mcintyre you don't just uh, put him out there as KO and Samoa Joe's partner several weeks ago because he's not believable. Yes, he's a monster. Yes, he's huge. Yes, he's a legend. But he's not believable at this point. Neither is Kane. Neither is Undertaker after the fucking Boneyard match. 
doesn't matter. And you, and you, in the context in which you did it was even more embarrassing and stupider somehow. And the fact that it would happen after the Brock Lesnar match. I, I, I just don't get it. Everything feels like they're trolling me. <laughs> Everything about the WWE seems like it's personally targeted at making me annoyed. And that's all I have to say about Raw. Yeah. Uh, that about sounds right. All right. Um, let's talk about some some AEW. Because this seemed to have pained you as well. You know, AEW has touted themselves as being uh, more realistic. Ranking systems, wins and losses matter. And over the last several weeks, we've seen Matt Hardy teleport. We've seen Chris Jericho cut multiple promos on a drone. And this episode saw one of the worst matches I've ever seen on professional wrestling on television with the Kenny Omega and uh, who's his who was his tag team partner? Michael Nakazawa. Michael Nakazawa. I hated this with a passion of a thousand dying sons. This wasn't funny. In, I think you and I have a difference in this because you have talked about like in ring funny stuff with Colt Cabana. Uh, you've talked about this with like different promotions. Chuck that, Taylor. Chuck Taylor. Yes, you've talked about that a lot. And and by the way, another thing that I I have to do is say, well, I I respect you, and you're my best friend, my best friend. I wish I could hug you right now, but. Uh, I don't get this, and I don't like this. In the context of a pro wrestling match, a guy grabbing a bottle of baby oil and taking a bunch of chops to the chest because now he can't take a chop to the chest because of the baby baby oil and pulling off his fucking underwear and all this stuff is just awful. This is the, this is the Better Call Saul moment again, mm-hmm. right? I'm supposed to believe that Trent... And Kenny Omega actually put on a pretty good wrestling match last week. Yes. Take five minutes off of it and all the outside stuff because that just buries Aubrey Edwards and the entire concept of pro wrestling. Fine. Get it. Put it to the side. This was atrocious. I never saw why Omega... First of all, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who he is. That That's and, a slight issue with AEW is that they... They make assumptions that everyone who watches is familiar with every aspect of these guys previous to being in AEW. Like they they made a passing effort at this. Like and and I think part of it is that uh unfamiliarity in the commentators like they know just a little bit like Excalibur actually knows a lot of these these people's back history and can explain it a little bit but still like just putting them those two out there when one of them is one half of the current tag team champions that's my other big problem why is he tagging with another person yeah. why is he tagging with this person 
Why he's one half of the tag team champions. He's tagging with some other guy. What's going on? What are you thinking when you put this whole thing on? And then you go out and put this match on that has 15 comedy spots in it. Kenny Omega and Trent went out and beat the shit out of each other. And yes, Kenny Omega didn't sell his hand for half the match, even though Trent worked on it. And yes, they had that whole protracted thing on the outside, but it was supposed to be brutal and and hard hitting. And there was obviously talent involved in there. And then they go out and put a comedy match on. And by the way, Chris Jericho saying, you know, Kenny Omega wrestled a child in New Japan. Mm-hmm. He wrestled a, a blow-up doll. Why are you saying this? What does that even mean? And then saying about, oh, we're just trying to entertain the fans. This is fun. This is the equivalent of we're just trying to put smiles on faces. No, this is supposed to be competition between people to win championships. And you have a ranking system that Excalibur ran down during one of the commercial breaks. But yet, in this match, none of that matters. It's just to have fun and put smiles on faces. It is past the point of not calling this out. This is garbage. This is garbage wrestling. And it's nonsense. We have such talented people in this. When... Britt Baker gets her fucking nose busted open and is bleeding all over herself in one of the best matches I've seen from the women's division, and this follows that? Embarrassing across the board. Yeah. uh, I mean, I didn't enjoy this match as a whole. Um... I uh, like I said I I'll I'll defend it slightly but I also don't feel like I need to defend it is uh, I I like comedy wrestling and I do think that it can have a place in matches when used sparingly or being a complete farce like I'll have to show you some matches you'll probably hate them but I I'll still want to show them to you but, a match that is like a three to five, uh, five minute match that is wholly and completely comedy. I kind of dig just from a, a, a standpoint of it's a change of pace in a show. But would you um, put that match on in the same breath of that Britt Baker match and a title tournament? Would you put that in between it? Because that's what I don't understand. Probably not. If you want to say, believe this, believe that uh, Cody and Sean Spears hate each other and believe their history and believe the stuff between Moxley and Hager and all the vignettes that we're putting on here. Believe this. This is this is real. These people hate each other and they want to get their hands on each other. And when AEW books these things with MJF and Cody, they don't let them get their hands on each other. They book half their show like down-to-earth modern version of great pro wrestling that you just want these people to get their hands on each other. The two pay-per-views that AEW has put on, I've wanted to see every match. And even when the matches haven't delivered to the highest degree, I've enjoyed them. But half the time now, when you put Matt Hardy involved and you put this comedy nonsense involved 
and all this stuff with the Dark Order and these terrible vignettes. And honestly, I could I could miss everything that Brody Lee does forever, and I will not have missed anything. And that that entire thing, an hour of this show, put it all together and say this first hour is comedy garbage. And this is WWE-style non-pro-wrestling wrestling. And then give me one hour of good wrestling action, and I'd be happy. I I get that. Um, I, I just think that, like... I, I, I get what you were saying with, do you necessarily place that match where it was placed between serious stuff. And, you know, the thing that I was originally going to say is like, you know, for pacing purposes, you need to bring bring people down for a little bit. You don't need to keep them so hyped all the time. But this is a 100% television show now. There is no audience out there to have to worry about getting uh, getting blown up. But don't you destroy the entire concept of pro wrestling the second that you have a guy doing comedy spots in the middle of the ring? They're no longer trying to win a match. They're no longer caring about doing wrestling moves. They don't want to win. They just want to do stuff that will entertain you. Isn't that the epitome of sports entertainment? There might be the aspect of they just want to embarrass their opponent. They want to make them look silly because they're uh, so full of themselves that, but, uh, but, hey, oh, make them look like a fool. But that, but that, that's actually, dude, I love you because you, you're, you're going down that road. But is that what these baby faces are trying to do? Are they so full of themselves or trying to do that? I don't think it works in that's the a context good point. That's a all. good point, yeah. I don't think this works in that context. I think you're trying to, you know, you're trying to uh, square the round peg or whatever it is. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I think that this is just stuff they've done and it doesn't matter and it won't matter. And that's the thing that drives me insane. It drives me crazy that the promotion that has the ability to be not WWE is doing this kind of stuff and they don't have to. They could be catering to great professional wrestling fans. They have great storylines and they just continue to spoon feed this non-wrestling action because I don't think it's wrestling. I, I will say though, Every promotion in the world has some stuff like this going on. Like even the tiniest bit, even uh, like Ring of Honor has it. Um, uh, Even uh, New Japan has it with um, uh, what's his name? Um, It'll come to me while we're talking about they have a, a, a comedy, a comedy wrestler. Uh, too, and they brought in guys like Chuck Taylor before uh, to on tours, and he does comedy spots and in matches. Like, I but why? But just I, because I understand does it, and I respect your to? stance on it, 
it's just to me it's it's something a change of pace it, it's it's something a little different so not every single match is is has to necessarily be a competing for best best match on the on the card something can just be there to be fun and entertaining and and I get it from what you're saying is like what is the wrestler mindset what like why do they want to just be entertaining don't they want to win titles that Jack, uh, Jake Hager is talking about titles means more money uh like I get what you're saying there and it's it, it makes so much sense it's almost 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 too much sense because it's nearly perfect your your stance on it it's just at the end of the day to me like I can I can budge a little bit on my my stance of wrestling to just have something go out there make me laugh for a few minutes and then you know what let's get back to business and, and it, it's, I, I think of it almost as an intermission. That's my standpoint. But I get that you don't understand what the wrestler's uh, motivation is for doing something like that. And and I'm happy that you and I, I mentioned this earlier on. I'm I'm happy that people have that diversion and can can you know. Look at that in this kind of different dichotomy from the rest of the show. For me, I want to immerse myself in the world of pro wrestling. I want to believe that Cody uh, has motivations and MJF has motivations. And those motivations drive them to do acts. And I want to believe in that. And those are the things that when you and I are watching a good pay-per-view... Get us to jump out of our seats and pump our fists for predetermined actions. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want in pro wrestling. That's all I want in pro wrestling. And my hope when AEW started is that they were going to give that to me. And they've given me a lot of it. A lot of it. But they've also given me so much garbage. The promo with Matt Hardy on his compound... I don't, I'm done with this. I, I, I don't want Chris Jericho selling this as something that matters because it doesn't. It was terrible. Brody Lee continuing to, you know, Brody Lee doing Vince McMahon is one step below Vince Russo's authority figure in WCW. It's low budget, low rent. It doesn't strike a nerve it's just embarrassing. I I agree with that. I, I just and 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 you know what? I'm gonna go to the freaking main event because we at some point. I mean, we've we've kind of diverged and everything, but the table getting involved, multiple finisher. Uh, Cody now has to give the crossroads twice to everybody. I don't understand that, and. Sean Spears in the first round of a of a television title tournament kicks out of of two finishers. A ta- a table had to be involved. Why? Why did any of that stuff need to happen? If you're going to get a table involved, make it in the freaking championship match. Make it away from the ref's view. 
I ju- it's just like they just throw so much at the at the ring. It doesn't have to be. Build up to something. And they've done such a good job of that with their feuds. But in the matches where everyone does a dive to the outside, and I just, I don't get it. I hated that match. <laughs> I hated it with a passion undying. I thought it was terrible. And I love Cody. And I want to fucking root up, root for him forever. And I like Sean Spears a lot. He's not come off well in AEW, but I like the guy. Mm-hmm. But I thought this match was awful. It was terribly paced. It was unnecessary in so many places. I I wouldn't go to the extent of awful, but I I have issues with a lot of the same issues that that you have. Um, yeah, it, it it seemed like they were going so all out on it that you would expect it to be a. Uh, 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 yeah the finals of it and I, I think that a lot of that is unnecessary for early round matches because I'm fairly certain we're going to see Lance Archer roll through Colt Cabana um, and so but then again I also think that we might see barn burner matches from like uh, was it Darby and um, and Sammy? The, that might be a longer longer match too. So, I, I just don't get why Sean Spears is going to try to get involved with tables and the the outside barriers. How is that allowed? Why do you need that in this match? It it didn't heighten anything. If someone goes to a table once every three months, it matters. If someone goes to a table once every week, no one cares. Every time Randy Orton does that backdrop or whatever he does, side slam backdrop into the announce table, everyone goes, huh, that's that thing that Randy does. It's basically the hanging DDT on the, uh, from the outside. Yeah, It doesn't matter. It only matters when it's impactful. And to get a table in the in the the barrier involved did not heighten this match. It just made it feel like a match. And I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get why they would put that thing together and add that stuff into there. Because it they didn't need it. These are two talented guys. They know how to fucking wrestle. They tried to play up some animosity between them from a thing a couple things that happened before dynamite was ever on air and like kudos for for trying that but like to a lot of people who were not watching that shit this promotion before that that i don't think is enough to try to um make people invested in an issue between two guys that they were not aware had an issue but but more importantly if if half the matches of an AEW show cause you to say the referee's really letting them do whatever they want on this one, and I'm not sure exactly why they're doing this, if half the matches on your show require you to justify why what we're watching is being allowed, then you're doing something wrong. 
Yeah. The the commentators have to constantly justify why this is being allowed to happen. Now, by the way, it's better than WWE when they do that stuff and no one says boo because it doesn't matter because we know nothing matters. There's no context. Nothing matters from one show to another. At least Shivani's going, well, Aubrey's really being lenient on them on this one. Yeah. But why? Why would she be lenient with them on that one? If you're, if Sean Spears is going to set something up and try to try to slam someone through it, well, then he's disqualified. It's really simple. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really simple stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I, I was just, I was so disappointed because I wanted AEW to be a palate cleanser. I wanted to not see this stuff, but then after knowing what they did with the teleportation two weeks ago, of course it's not going to be because they they're delivering that same kind of content. And and we're know, likely going to see a uh, a highly uh produced match between Jericho and Matt Hardy in the coming weeks. And I I just don't want to see it, man. I just don't want to see it. I I don't have a I don't have a desire for it. I They've built so many good matches, and they've taken so much time between them. When AEW had blood and guts set up for during this whole virus outbreak, and they said, listen, we're not going to put this on because it doesn't make sense without a crowd, and they postponed it. Mm -hmm. That was the right move. WWE could have done the same thing with WrestleMania. It would have been the right move, but they didn't. Because they're WWE, and they said, well, now we'll put it on for two nights. We'll put a bunch of matches that don't matter, and then we'll just deliver garbage television for you for several days in a row. So they continue to make better decisions, but half the time they make the same bullshit decisions. If Vince McMahon was booking the Dark Order, he would be doing the same thing they're doing right now. And that's the thing that just makes me so sad. I want an alternative to the WWE. I want to turn it off and never turn it back on. And AEW, half the time, just gives... It's past the honeymoon period where I say, well, they're just finding their feet. Now they're just giving me shitty segments. Yeah. And, And I'm trying to find the... The, the 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 silver lining in the clouds. I mean, the the Britt Baker match. Maybe it was just because she got her fucking nose busted, but it was fucking raw. It felt like she it played meant that something so well. And you know what? I have ragged on Britt Baker because she's a two face. She has very good promos, and then the worst non wrestler promo videotape sent in to creative because you think you could be a wrestler promos. (laughs) She has the ability to put on a decent match and a unwatchable match. And the fact that she fought through that freaking busted nose and put on a pretty impressive match, uh, it drives me crazy because I want to, I, I, I don't want to like Brick Baker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because of all the bad <laughs> stuff she does. But then she goes out and does something like this. And I'm like, 
all right, I'm all in. Man, I I want to I want to hear this uh, uh, ch- just for fun. If uh, Angelo Dawkins does something that impresses you, that you are like so pained to have to admit, I'm not sure Angelo Dawkins has the ability to do anything that impresses me, because he's the most unathletic and uncharismatic human being in the history of the planet. Montez Ford on the other side on the other side of things, that guy is incredible. Uh, he's a great athlete and and very talented on the microphone. He just has garbage stuff to say. But no, if Angelo Dawkins goes out and puts on a gritty performance and actually shows that he has any kind of value as a professional wrestler, I'll tell you, I'm just not holding my breath. All right. Um, this, this, has been a, this has been a really rough week, Mike. Yeah, I've had to realize that I don't think I like this business and that is no longer suited for me in any way, shape or form. And that just makes me sad. It is a tough thing to like I I I was thinking about it on on Sunday afternoon is like people loved this Boneyard match so much. I did not. And I, I I feel like the reaction that they got from that is going to just make them want to do that more because they're like, oh, I mean, we know this is WWE's MO. They do one thing right. They're going to beat it into the fucking ground. So we're just going to get a ton of these movie produced matches now until the the fans eventually will say no that's this is getting boring part of it's on the fans part of it's on wwe uh but it's the silver the silver lining in that cloud is that if they choose to do this it, it won't make my decision hard i'll just be able to stop watching contently and then maybe five to ten years down the road, when the pendulum swings back to trying to put on something that re- resembles a athletic contest, I'll pick it back up. Yeah. Because that's all I want. I want something that resembles an athletic contest that has internally consistent rules and that makes me want to root for one person over another. Call me old-fashioned. I'm not 70. (laughs) I'm not even 40. I grew up uh, watching professional wrestling, and I I lived my teen years through the Attitude Era. So I'm not not one of these people that says, oh, the Attitude Era was bullshit. There's a lot of garbage in the Attitude Era, by the way. But Oh, yes. Oh, yes. uh, I, I do not... I just don't get it. I don't get why people would enjoy this and i don't see how the the eternal struggle between good and evil and good logical storytelling that's universal it's every movie if if the rock has to break into a giant towering inferno 
and then in the middle stops and has a dance sequence, someone's going to go, well, that's stupid. Don't do that. That's the equivalent of what the WWE and AEW want to put on half the time. And I'm nuts for not liking it. I don't get it. Well, I think on that uh, <laughs> on that note, to make us contemplate for the next ever, uh, I think we can wrap things up there. Unless you have something else. I, I uh, think I think astute. I've done my. I've done my part, Mike. I've done it. And we'll, we'll see if the Miss Cop podcast comes back next week. <laughs> I'm not sure if it will. If not, it was a, it was a good run. It was a hell of a ride, Mike. Uh, well, thanks, everyone, uh, for joining us. Maybe check out our social media. I don't know. Um, and uh, maybe check out the podcast uh, in some form and tell someone about it. Maybe they'll they'll be like, oh, this these guys are good. Oh, they stopped doing it after WrestleMania well, 36? Mike. Man, that show broke them. <laughs> Mike, I love you. We will sit there and talk about how much I hate professional wrestling till we die. <laughs> Whether it be recorded or not. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. Uh, We'll uh, maybe see you next week. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know (laughs) now. Uh, Otherwise, for Kevin, my name's Mike. Good night. Good wrestling.